Don't even know how. I don't even know how. Have you got any stories in your life like that? Have you ever looked back and said, I don't even know how I made it through? What I made it through, say, John, don't know how. Don't know how, but you did it made a way. I don't know how, but you don't know how, but you did it made a way. You were the one, the one I held on to. 
sing for a while. I'm better, 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 better. Tell your neighbor I'm better. Yeah, I'm better. I've been through some stuff and the devil thought it would make me bitter, but God helped me. And it made me better. He, he thought it would make me hard, but God used it to make me soft and, and used it to make me usable. Give God a praise if you're better today. My, my, my. Somebody give the Lord an ovation of the morning. I don't know how, but he did it. Oh, tell your neighbor, I don't know how, but he did it. I don't know how. There's people can't appreciate you, can't appreciate your praise, but they don't know like you know what God has done for you in years gone by. Some of us know we wouldn't have made it without him. Come on, give our team a God bless you. I just... Felt like singing a little bit. Sometimes you need to sing a little bit. Sometimes you need to worship him a little bit. You get reminded about your own story and you have to lift your voice and lift your hands and say, God, you've been mighty good to me. Can I get a witness here today? Well, I feel like singing, but I'll tell you what else I feel like. I feel like preaching. Anybody come to get a word from heaven? So excited we're in the middle of our water love campaign and can you believe we're just two weeks away from Easter? That we're gonna be celebrating the resurrection of Jesus in two weeks and uh, we're putting the love on our community. We're letting our community know that, that we love them. How many of you love to be in a church that loves its community? And I love you folks. and. We're letting people know that there's hope for them and I'm encouraging you to invite everybody you can. And I've been teaching along these lines. I'm wearing my button. If you don't have one, you can get one in the back. Stop by in the back and get your water love kit. But I wanna tell you, this nation needs you, this city needs you, your community needs you, and they need you to reach out with the love of Jesus and I'm determined to do that. So if you're ready for the word, shout I'm ready coming from John chapter 1. John chapter 1. This is a story written by the disciple John about a man named John the Baptist and he was an eyewitness to this event. Here's what it says in the 19th verse. You can follow along on the screen. You by live stream, thank you for being with me today. It says, now this is the testimony of John. Does anybody have a testimony in this room? Come on, tell your neighbor, I don't have a testimony. I have a testimony, hallelujah, God's been good to me. This is the testimony of John when the Jews sent the priest and the Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, who are you? He confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, what then? Are you Elijah? He said, no, I am not. Are you the prophet? And he answered, no. Then they said to him, who are you that we may give an answer to those who sent us? 
What do you say about yourself? John said, I am the voice, somebody say the voice, of one crying in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. I want to talk to you just a few minutes along these lines. Are you a voice or an echo? Do you sound like everything else? Are you rising as a voice of hope and healing in your generation? How many of you want to be a voice for the cause of Christ? Slip up your hands, it's going to get so good in here today. And let's just pray for God's anointing. Lord, we raise our hands today and these hands are saying we're surrendering ourselves to what you want to say into our lives. God, have your way and I'll give you praise. Help us to be a voice and not an echo in Jesus' name. Now, if you love Jesus, give him an ovation this morning. Give him a shout. Be seated. Are you a voice or an echo? I'm reminded of a story that I heard one time about a man and he took his wife to the Grand Canyon. And if you've ever been in the Grand Canyon, it is so beautiful and so lovely and so vast. And this man told his wife, he said, if you step out on the edge and you yell very loudly, whatever you say, you'll hear it. You'll, you'll, you'll yell it and then you'll hear it again. It's called an echo. And so she stepped out there and she said, I don't believe that. And she shouted, baloney. And, and nothing happened. She said, see, I told you, there's no such thing as that. It won't happen if I yell. He said, yell again. She said, it's not true. Baloney. She heard nothing. She heard nothing. I told you, man, it's not true. It's just not true. She said, do it one more time. Yell again. And she said, baloney. She said, I told you. I'm not hearing anything. He said, yell again, honey. Just yell again. And so she steps out there and she yelled, I'm beautiful. And she hears behind her, baloney. But, <laughs> but how many of you want to hear something more than baloney today? How many, of you want to, how many of you want to be a voice and not an echo? Make a little noise if that's you in the house. We need voices in this generation. Our young people need to hear voices and not echoes. A voice is original. A voice is the source. An echo just repeats what's already been said. And one of the greatest fears as I, as I become, as I preach, is that I will become one day an echo. And I am determined, listen to me, young man, I will not be an echo. God has called me to be a voice. I check my heart often because I don't want to cave to the culture and just say what everyone else is saying. God, help us, help me to be a voice to this generation, help this house to be a voice to this generation. We need to be giving people hope. We need to be sharing with them that it doesn't matter how messed up they are or how great their struggle is. It doesn't matter what they've done or what's been done to them. Jesus loves them and there is hope and healing and a brand new life 
for anyone that may be struggling. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad that Jesus came to strangle people's struggle? He came to overcome what was overcoming them. He's so much greater than sin. He's so much greater than addiction. He's so much greater than any bondage. He's so much greater than people's past. Hallelujah. And that's what I wanted to stand up and declare. It doesn't matter how messed up you are. Jesus can put you and your whole world back together again. Is there anybody here today? You don't know how, but he did it for you. Amen. Now, I'm determined that we're going to be a voice. And listen, John the Baptist was a single voice in his day among thousands of echoes. Make no mistake about it. It took guts then, and it takes guts now. It takes resolve, young person, to be a voice. It takes resolve to say, you know what? I am going to swim against the tide. I'm going to create an atmosphere with my words that will let people know that there is hope for them. I want you to go and, and to this scripture with me and see the background of this text. The scene is intense here. After 400 years of no voice in Israel, no prophetic voice for 400 years from Malachi all the way to Matthew, heaven had been locked down. There was no voice from heaven. From Malachi to Matthew, the nation finds itself now in a spiritual famine. This nation, Israel, in those days, they were in trouble. John, hear me, had come out of the wilderness, John the Baptist, but the nation he speaks to, even though John has come out of a wilderness, the nation that he speaks to has become a wilderness. This nation is a wilderness at this time geographically. It's a wilderness politically. It's a wilderness socially. It's a wilderness economically. And it's a wilderness religiously. So John is called by God out of this wilderness that he's in to teach and preach to people. He's called to be used by God, but he had to come out, listen, of the wilderness. And I wanna tell you that you can't stay in the wilderness. You can't stay in compromise. You can't stay in depression. You can't stay in fear. The enemy wants you to live your life in a wilderness place. He wants you to live continuously upset and uptight and doubting. But God is calling you out of the wilderness just like he called John out of the wilderness. John came out of the wilderness declaring, I've survived the wilderness. I've made it through some stuff, and I'm here with a word from heaven. Listen, when you've come through some stuff, when you've survived some long nights and some lonely days, when you've come through hard times, when you've come through difficult situations, when you know what it is for your family to be in crumbles, when you know what it is for your marriage to struggle, when you know what it is to lose a job, when you know what it is to have a son or daughter arrested, when you know what it is to wrestle, wrestle with addiction or bondage or problems, when you've been heartbroken and disillusioned and up and just brought low in the wilderness, you know what it is to come out of the wilderness and say, if I made it, so can you. If he did it for me, he can do it for you. And John came with a fresh word. Is there anybody that's made it through some stuff and you could talk about the goodness of God and the grace of God 
and, 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 and just the very fact that he is faithful to bring you through. Now here John is, he comes into a, a, a situation where it's literally a wilderness. The, the country has turned into a wilderness. And you go a little, on a little historical journey and you'll find out that up until the time of John the Baptist, there were critical things that happened. In 170 BC, there was a man named Antioch Epiphanes. Yes, that's, that's a good name. Why couldn't he be George? Come on, somebody. He took over Jerusalem. He polluted the temple. He made the Jews sacrifice to idols. He built a statue of Jupiter where the altar of burnt offerings should have been. He burned the scriptures publicly. He prohibited the worship of Jehovah. And this society had plunged into an abyss of immorality. In this same time, they would have moments of religious fervor, but there was no real change, no real fire for Jehovah. Then about 37 BC, there came a man on the scene named Herod, Herod the Great. He betrayed the nation to the Romans. He fostered and fed immorality. He massacred religious and noble people. He was bloodthirsty. He was a self-consumed ruler. This is the same Herod who was willing to murder innocent babies at the time of Christ when he put a, put a hit on Christ's head even as a baby and wanted him murdered. But in this atmosphere, in this atmosphere of murder and debauchery and suffering, there steps on the stage a man sent from God whose name was John. God will always have a man. He'll always have a woman. He'll always have a voice. He'll always have somebody get, that can speak hope right into hell. Hallelujah. And John steps out. After 400 years of empty echoes, there arose a voice. And in this atmosphere today, in this atmosphere in America, in this world of echoes, we are desperate for voices. I said, in this world of echoes, we are desperate for voices. How this generation needs a voice. How this generation needs to hear people rise with hope and healing and help. We, we're a generation that's plagued with AIDS and bondage and immorality and injustice and compromise. We have churches that are now performing gay marriages. We spend billions of dollars on pornography. I read recently that 3,000 and $76 a second is spent on pornography and on the internet in America today. We are in a wilderness. We're in a place where there needs to be a resurgence of rightness and righteousness. Hear me in this house. We are in a wilderness. People are confused. They are untrusting of each other. And this generation does not need more echoes. God, give us some voices. Our young people need to hear some voices. Our young adults need to hear some voices. We need to be able to lead this nation to a brighter day and a better way. This generation does not need more echoes. God, give us a voice. An echo just repeats what is being said, but a voice has a fresh word. A voice has a real word, and the truth is the voice that is to speak to this generation is not a social voice. It's not a political voice. At the end of the day, it is a spiritual voice. It is the voice of the church of the living God. I wish I could find somebody that would give me an amen in this house. 
The truth is the church has got to rise up in power. There's problems that nothing can heal except the presence and move of God. We've got to be a voice. God has called us. Our young people are depending on us. I have made up in my mind that my young people will not get their instructions on how to live their life from MTV. They will not get their instructions on how to live their life by following somebody on Instagram that's got 1.8 million followers and is literally discipling young people in rebellion and iniquity and unrighteousness. But there must arise in the church some passionate people who are not ashamed of Jesus Christ who will tell a generation that there is still a redeemer and there is still hope and there is still righteousness. He can heal our nation. He can put your broken world back together again. He can restore your family. He can take the need for crack right out of your life. He'll deliver you from heroin. He'll save that child in jail. He'll set your children free. He'll turn that daughter around. He'll heal your cancer. He'll give you a new beginning. He'll give you a brand new life. Where are the hope speakers? Oh, Jesus. Let me tell you, I'm not a dope dealer. I'm a hope dealer. Hallelujah. I've come to tell you, it don't matter how bad it is, Jesus can come and make all things good. It's time to be a voice. Young people are looking for a voice. An echo just says, what is already being said, but let me just give you a word of warning. The problem is the church is sounding more like an echo than a voice. We are so afraid now of offending or upsetting anybody. We become so stinking politically correct. Okay, go ahead and let your honey get tight right there. We, 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 we let things seep into the church and we don't talk about real issues anymore. We don't want to go against the tide. We want our message to be unintrusive and non-controversial. But here's the truth. The very nature of making a statement that Jesus is the Savior of the world is a controversial message. To declare that there's one way to God and his name is Jesus is a controversial message. But let me hear you. Many religions claim exclusivity. The, the Muslims claim exclusivity. The Krishnas claim exclusivity. The Buddhists claim exclusivity. This is what you must do to become enlightened and become a Buddha yourself. Many religions claim exclusivity, but nobody says anything about them. You know why? Because they're not steeped in truth. The enemy doesn't care so much about warring against the Buddhists or the Muslims. I wish I could get a help in here. But, but when you rise up, to say there is one way to God and his name is J-E-S-U-S. You can't get in by a side door. You got to come through one door. His name is Jesus. If you want to come into the presence of God, you can't program your way in. You can't legislate your way in. You can't dictate your way in. You can't command your way in. Religion won't get you in. Your mama can't get you in. Your daddy can't get you in. A bishop, a seer, a pastor, come on. An imam can't get you in. But there's one way to come into God's presence and to know God's plan for your life. It is to clothe yourself in the work of Jesus Christ. Be washed in the blood of the Lamb. That is a controversial statement. We have an emerging generation now that has become a voice so much so that the church winks at things that are unrighteous. 
we embrace and coddle compromise. And while the world goes to hell in a handbasket, we sound like an echo. Mm. See, school zones have become war zones, and this civilization is not civil anymore. I wish I could get some help. We are not called to echo the mentality and the mantra of the world, but we are to rise to be a voice. You, you must come to church to hear a voice. I said, you must come to church to hear a voice. You must come to church to hear a voice. I ask preachers all over America, are you willing to be a voice? We need some bishops that will be a voice. I don't want to be hateful. I don't want to be ugly. But we need some pastors that will be a voice. Not a voice of hate. Not a voice of ugly. Not a voice of religion. But a voice of healing. And a voice of redemption. We need preachers that will be a voice. And listen, we've had all... Oh, I better be careful, but I'm about to preach. But we've had all I can stand of limb-wristed, sissified preachers who stand up, who are in bondage to people. What we need is some men that will rise up oozing in love and say there is redemption in the name of the Lord. I don't want to be an echo. If you're listening to me and you're a preacher, are you an echo or a voice? Here's what John said. John wanted to be a voice when they asked John in verse 22, who are you? What do you say about yourself? I am the voice of one. Somebody say one. One crying in the wilderness that came alive to me. Because if there's a one, then there's got to be a two. And, oh, come on now. If there's a one, logically you would assume that there's a two and a three and a four and a five. And here is a man who knew who he was. He said, I'm one, but there are many others. I wonder, you know, you're in a church today where I desire, I long to be a voice. I long to be a voice of hope and love and reason to anybody and everybody, no matter what you deal with, no matter what your struggle is. I'm glad to see you. I'm glad that you're here. I prayed that you would come and God answered my prayer. I don't care about your background. I don't care the mess you dealt with. That doesn't bother me because Jesus has brought me out of so much I can give him all the glory and all the praise. I'm telling you this, I want to be a voice, but I don't want to be the only one. I want the thousands of people that are connected to this church to become a voice of hope in this community. John said the voice of one crying in the wilderness after 400 years of silence, 400 years of empty echoes, out of the wilderness of Judea, there came the voice ringing with authority, heavy with purpose. He had authority and he had purpose. And our voice must ring with clarity. It must ring with authority. We must show people that we are connected to something and someone who is greater than we are. This is, a, this is a free church. We're a church where we can worship, where we can witness. We're in a country where we can reach out and hear me. The free church must assume its role and become the voice. I'm calling you to become the voice to our generation, to our city, to our community. We're the voice of love, hope, 
restoration, the voice of sanity, the voice of sanctification, glory to God, the voice even of judgment that Jesus is coming, the voice of healing, the voice of warning, the voice of peace, the voice of righteousness, the voice of holiness, the voice of unity, hallelujah. This generation is being led by the echoes of this world when it should be led by the voice of the church, huh? And we've got to be the voice in this society. Tell your neighbor, I am the voice. Come on, tell your neighbor, say your other neighbor, say, I am the voice. But if, you, but if you're going to truly be a voice, you've got to be willing to stand out. It's easy to be an echo. It's going to cost you something to be a voice. It's easy to look like everybody else, but you got to make up your mind. God called me to be a voice. He didn't call me to be an echo. He called me to be a voice. Hallelujah. Is there anybody willing to stand out? Okay, I got about 30% of you. I said, is there anybody willing to stand out? Glory be to God. I said, make a little noise if you're willing to stand out. Glory be to God. I like them red britches over there, brother. Stand up, let me see you. Stand. He's looking good. He got his red britches on. See, see, I'm going to get me some britches like that. I like them britches. You know what them britches are saying? I'm here, baby. I like, and, and let me tell you something. Look, Jackie, stand up. You got on that peach coral looking, yo, girl, you looking good. You didn't wear anything that blended in. And even, oh, my Lord, Jackie, get up here. Run, rush up here, Jackie. Let's, I want him to see the ensemble. Dear Lord, have mercy. Good gravy. Look at her shoes. Even her shoes. Look at that right there. And then her toenails are pink. This is a woman that says, I'm in the room, baby. Is there anybody that wants to walk in the room and when you walk in the room, they say there's something different about you. You are not like everything else. You are not like everybody else. I wish I could get one witness in this house. This generation is being led by echoes when it needs to be led by the voice of the church. And I want to tell you something. A voice has got to be willing to be original. Come on now. God has called us to be different. John didn't fit in with the religious fashion of the day. Come on now. R rather than wearing long robes with a border extended, trying to appear more holy because that's what they would do. They would extend the ruffles on their robes trying to, to become, to look more holy. Mm-hmm. John is wearing camel's hair. Come on, somebody. He looks a little different. He didn't look, he didn't look like everybody else. He looked different. And see, you need to look different. I, I know that's too much for y'all. But spiritually, you ought to not be walking around. Oh, man, I'm so depressed. It's just so terrible. I'm not going to make it. Oh, my goodness. You go to Walmart. Oh, oh it's just so bad. It's just so terrible. It's just so awful. Oh, my goodness. Let me, let me get the Doritos. No, oh, it's so bad. Let me get the Cheetos. Let me get the Oreos. Let me get the Ding Dongs. Come on, somebody. Oh my goodness, let me get this Diet Coke because I'm on trying to cut down. Liar, liar, pants on fire. If you're getting Oreos and Ding Dongs, you ain't cutting down. You go ahead and get you a sweet Coke. 
That's like somebody going to Krispy Kreme and eat a dozen donuts and then ask for sweet and low in their coffee. Baby, go all the way in. Oh, I'm just so depressed to get up to the, to the line and you're putting your, you're putting your food out there on the line and, and, and they're, they're, you're about to check out and the people say, what's wrong with you? Are you struggling? Yeah, I'm struggling. It's not good. You're talking to the lady who doesn't even know Jesus. It's just terrible. But I go to Calvary Christian Center. Don't say you go to Calvary Christian Center. Say you go to Tomoka. Say you go to Riverbend, First Baptist, Hope Fellowship, anywhere but Calvary. Don't you connect me. He looked different. You gotta be willing to put on a garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness. You gotta be willing to take it off and say, you know what, I'm greater than my circumstances because the Lord is in me. Hallelujah, come on church. There comes a point, listen, you gotta be willing to look different. Girls, let me talk to you girls. You need to be willing to look different. Don't get all your business out there. I know I sound like a daddy now. Nobody needs to see 12 inches of cleavage. Can I get a witness? You come to church and you're trying to pull your dress down. Listen, you knew you could see your panties when you put them on. Preach, Pastor Rayleigh. Young men, don't walk around with your britches falling down, with half your crack hanging out. Nobody wants to see that mess. Pull your britches up. Don't you know crack kills? Can I get a witness in this house? Nobody wants to see your underwear. Oh, y'all ain't saying nothing to me. I'm not saying that it's bad. Listen, I grew up, everything was wrong. If it grinned, it made you grin, it was a sin. Uh, we couldn't do nothing when I was growing up. You couldn't go to the movies. If you went to the movies, you're gonna bust hell wide open. I remember the first time I went to the movies, I was like, oh, what if Jesus comes back right now? Why are we in the movies? I'll go to hell. Uh, we, you, you couldn't have a deck of cards in the house. You, you, uh, back in them days, man, that was holiness. That was holiness. And you, you know, you couldn't have cards in the house. You couldn't, uh, I remember, uh, well, you, you couldn't go bowling. I remember when I went bowling, it was such a big deal. Or the first time I ever went bowling, I just thought, Lord, we, it, I, I, Jesus, I'm, we're bowling. Because they, they were serving drinks in the bowling alley. And and that you would go to hell. Come on, somebody. You couldn't eat at a restaurant with a bar in it. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. Y'all And then the women couldn't wear makeup. And, and the women were, they were, oh, it was rough. Them poor women couldn't cut their hair, couldn't wear makeup. Yeah. But I thank God for makeup. And all the women said amen. Oh, you know, we used to think the uglier you were, the better chance you had to get to heaven. But... All that change. I'm telling you, baby, if, I, if you need to work what you got, if paint, you got to paint it, paint it. If you got to lift it, lift it. If you got to work it, work it. If you got to contain it, contain it. If you, you got to, if you can't achieve it, weave it. Hallelujah. If you can't do it, glue it. Work what you got. Every old barn looks good with a coat of paint on it. Work it up. Get you some extensions and make sure they're good ones. Can I get a witness? How many of you are glad? Work what you got. I'm not talking just about that. But we've got to start looking different to our society. 
What do you mean? We got to be current but not carnal. We got to walk out there being hope. We got to walk out there with the joy of the Lord. Why are they going to want what we have if it hasn't changed our lives? Is there anybody here willing to admit that Jesus has changed your life? See, see, here John was, and he is, he is eating honey and locusts. In other words, honey, he had a different appetite. And see, here's the deal. Those who become a voice for the Lord must develop a different appetite. John was unorthodox, and he was different, and he was good, and that was good. I'm afraid that sometimes we attempt to become so cool now, our young pastors that are emerging, and this is why the beat of my heart is to pour into these young preachers. And because I want to tell you something. We can become so relevant that we become irrelevant. We can become so relevant and we can water down and pollute our message so much that we become irrelevant. Because why are people going to want what we've got if what we've got is exactly what they already have? Listen, John was, an echo, was a voice rather than an echo. People were attracted to John because of his message. All kinds of people came to hear him, soldiers and publicans and common folk and Pharisees and kings. He was different. Where is the church that's willing to be different? Where are the people that are willing to be different? Hear me. Our young people are looking for a pattern to follow. They're looking for somebody that will show up and say, this is the way that you behave and this is what you do. No one could resist a man with a fresh word from God. And I'm telling you, I'm determined that I'm going to rise up with a fresh word from God. I break all the rules, all the church growth rules, all the things they tell us not to do. I do all of them just about it. We make people talk to each other. They say you're not supposed to have anybody talk to each other. We sweat. I spit. Come on. We shout. We don't have an hour 55-minute services or an hour services. We give God praise. We give God glory. We encounter the presence of the Lord. We give altar calls. We pray for the sick. Everything the church growth experts tell us not to do, we do it because we're called to be a voice and not an echo. Now, they're telling us to do all these things, yet you go to the churches that they're influencing, and you can turn a semi-truck around in there and not hit anybody. But come by Calvary Christian Center this morning, and you know you had to wait for your parking space when you came here, and you see thousands of people gathering in this church. You know why? Because people are looking for a voice, baby. They're looking for a voice. Give God a shout if you're one of voice. John was different. See, here's what you got to know about a voice. A voice sometimes will speak alone. John was unique. He had no peers. He cultivated his ministry in the desert. His ministry and anointing developed not in the school of the rabbis, but in the wilderness of solitude. He moved away from the echoes. He moved away from trying to sound like everybody else. I've been right where he trained at the Dead Sea. I'll be there again next February. I'd love to take you with me. This is the biggest trip I've ever taken. I've got more people. I'm actually going to probably have to, to, to put a cap on the trip. So many are going with us. But I've been right there at the Dead Sea where John trained. And he's away from the influences that could have softened his message and made him religiously and socially acceptable. John said, I'm going to be an original. I'm 
going to be different. And I'm afraid that the enemy has convinced too many pastors to become cookie-cutter preachers who lead cookie-cutter churches who are afraid to rock the boat. But listen, as a voice, we got to be willing to stand alone sometimes. This generation needs a voice. And I'm asking now, where are the voices that will drown out the, the seducing sound of the echoes and rise up and be a voice? And sometimes in your life, God takes you in seasons of solitude. John had to get by himself and hear me in this room. Sometimes God will take you into times of solitude. God will take you by yourself. Here in these moments, I found something out. Sometimes you must leave the herd to be heard. Sometimes you must leave the H-E-R-D heard if you want to be heard because you're bringing something fresh. You're bringing something different. You're bringing something alive. You're bringing something that doesn't sound like everything else. And I'm telling you, where are the people that will stand if they have to stand alone? You may have to stand alone at your workplace. You may have to stand alone and all by yourself. But listen, Jeremiah made a statement in Jeremiah 15. He said, your words were found and I ate them and your word was to me joy and rejoicing in my heart for I am called by your name O Lord God of hosts I did not sit in the assembly of the mockers nor did I rejoice but I sat alone because of your hand for you have filled me with indignation he said I had to be by myself because of your hand I did not sit in the assembly of the mockers nor did I rejoice I sat alone because of your hand Hear me, young man. There will be times in your life when God's hands on you will separate you from some relationships. There will be times in your life when God's hands on you will separate you, young lady, from some friendships that you've had because you're not headed where they're headed and you're not not desiring what they are desiring. Some of you have lost some relationships in the last six months or year or the last few years and you're looking back and you're saying, where are they? They used to be there for me. They used to be friends, but now we're not even in relationship anymore and you're seeing it as the loss of someone but God said I'm decluttering your life God said I'm getting you off by yourself so I can get you to yourself because if you want to know where you're headed just check out who you're running with help me Holy Ghost if you want to know where you're headed look at your circle and see where they're going and that's where you're going sometimes God will say I got to pull you aside I got to take you out into the wilderness I got to get you by yourself to get you to yourself but let me tell you God take me wherever you got to take me get me away from whatever you got to get me away from but fill me with some power and authority I want if there's anybody in the room that can say, God, even if I got to get by myself, anoint me with power from on high. See, sometimes we are alone not because folks have abandoned us, but sometimes because God has separated us. Are you willing to sit alone? Are you willing to have seasons where you're by yourself? Many times in my life I felt like I've been ostracized, rejected, sat alone. And Jeremiah was right there, but he said these words. 
that changed everything. Six words. He said, I might be alone, but I am called by your name. He, he said, I might not have the friends that I used to have and the relationships that I used to have, but I am called by your name. Listen, long as I've got the Lord on my side, everything is going to be okay. How many of you would rather be called by his name? Hallelujah. I said, make a little noise if, if you'd rather be called by his name, even if it means spending some time alone. A voice must be willing to declare something different, even if it's hard. Matthew 3, 2, 3. Here's what it says. John said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying, the, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. Do what's right. John said, I'm preparing the way of the Lord. Fat voices are not fashioned in the multitude of men. Voices must be willing to speak alone. This house must be a voice. Voices that will inspire a passion for holiness, a hunger for God, and an unyielding love for the lost. Out of the volumes of echoes, God give us some voices. What does a voice do? Write it down. Are you going to be a voice, young man? Are you going to be a voice in your generation, young lady? Are you going to be a voice, sir? Let me tell you what a voice does. A voice leads. A voice encounters. A voice warns. God, give us voices. Let us not be an echo in this community. I'm not saying we're the only one, but let me tell you something. Calvary is going to be a voice in this community in the name of Jesus Christ. Even if we are required at times to stand alone. I mean, I, I've had people through, in 20 years, can I be, be honest with you, ain't nobody here but us. I didn't tell the early service or anything. Hadn't told another campus, but I'll tell y'all because I like y'all. I can't tell you how many times I've had to endure a personal attack because I was committed to building a church that loved everybody. I can't tell you, I've been called everything you can imagine by Christians. The world appreciated us. Who's he think he is? He trying to preach like a black man. I don't know. For real. I'm just preaching like I preach. I'm white chocolate up in the house. I don't know. This will always be in. I think if you've been this way your whole life, you ain't faking it. Come on, somebody. I just, it's who I am, how I was raised. He trying to build a multicultural church. Heck yeah, shouldn't everybody? I remember they was wanting to deal the dirt on Dawn and I. People didn't like what we were doing. And uh, we, back in the day, we would, do these billboards and we put our family on them and put a picture of me. Who does he think he is putting his picture up there? God, that was, that was crazy. But my wife looked so good, I wanted everybody to know it. Come on, somebody. 
But I remember that we did a picture and we put it in the mall and we said, come and join our family. And uh, I shouldn't even be telling y'all this, but I just feel like you need to hear it because it's going to cost you to be a voice. And uh, Dawn put her hand on, on my chest and we were standing there, you know, in the picture and the way that it was, she was kind of like this. And my kids were standing around me. And, you know, in a, in a camera shot, things reverse, right? And it looked like her left hand. So we put that up, and the next thing I hear for the next two or three months around the city is that uh, Pastor Jim and Dawn Rayleigh's marriage is in trouble. She's not even wearing her wedding ring anymore. But I all, but of all that I've said and done through the years, I've done it for one reason souls I want to be a voice and I'm not competing with not one church I want every church in this town to blow up because I want us all to win you realize that if every church is packed Easter Sunday three or four times we want to scratch the surface of the amount of people that live in the Daytona Beach area here's what I need from you be a voice. Be hope. You know, I'm going to close with this. Are you a voice? Or are you an echo? When Don and I got started in the ministry, we would go anywhere and preach. We, we would preach just at the drop of the hat, and we would drop the hat. And I remember, Pastor Troy, I was leading a missions trip to Venezuela, and we stopped by Miami to do a huge outreach in Miami. And we were preaching on the streets, setting up and doing big services in Caracas. We went there six times and did these meetings in Caracas and in Miami. And we founded churches. We literally, we would go all through the communities, invite people to come, and then do these big street meetings. And I would preach and, 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 and just, there's churches right now that exist simply because we reached out and established pastors and churches there. We were a voice. I'll never forget, there was one afternoon before I was going to fly out to Venezuela, we did this huge outreach in Miami. You remember, babe? And I, we went out on the streets trying to gather people up for the, for the service that we were going to do uh, in Coconut Grove, I think it was. And you know about that. So, so I went, and there's this parking lot, and there's this man uh, sitting in the parking lot from Grenada. He was an island man, precious old man. He was sitting there, and I, he was sitting on a milk crate. And his only job was to look at the cars and make sure nobody messed with them. And there was a milk crate right beside of him. And I pulled that milk crate up, and I sat by him. He looked at me, and I said, Man, I'm just here to tell you Jesus loves you. I'm here to tell you that he cares about you. And he wants to give you a brand new life. He said, oh, he couldn't love me. I said, I bet he could. He said, I've messed up so many times, Pastor. And I'm just, I'm nothing but a mess. My life is a mess right now. He said, he couldn't love me. He loves somebody like you. But he could never love me. I said, he loves you. I said, he doesn't care what you've done. He'll forgive you right now. He'll restore your life right now. He can give you a brand new beginning. He said, you mean I can be a Christian? 
I said, absolutely, right here, right now. Man, I prayed with that Grenadian man, man, and he cried and I cried. And he left his milk crate and came to our service and stood there and just wept in the service. We had a revival service at, at the church that night. He showed up. He was there. The last time I was in Miami, he's still in that same church. He's still serving God. He's still on fire for God. I was sitting on that milk crate, and before I got up, he said, where have you been? I said, what are you talking about, sir? He said, where have you been? I have been sitting on this crate for 15 years, waiting for somebody to give me hope. Where have you been? In that moment, I was a voice. Are you hearing me? Will you be a voice? you give a little hope, Judge, people will look at you and say, where have you been? Where have you been? Are you a voice or an echo? There was a man sent from God whose name was John who rose up to be a voice. I'm calling our church to be a voice. Here's what I need you to do. I need you to take these cards pass them out I need you to get real I need your help I can't do it by myself but you can help me in the back on either side we've got tables full of kits that have in them cards for you to pass out and, 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 and we've got opportunities for you to be able to invite people on social media these cards right here these are prayer cards write down people's names who don't know the Lord Put him in the cross and we'll pray for him. Somebody right now, if you believe we can have the greatest harvest that we've ever had in the history of our church this coming Easter, make a little noise in the room right now. But I can't do it without you. We got to do it together. Everybody's standing. Fill out the card. Who's got some lost loved ones? Who's got some lost friends, some lost neighbors? Wave at me right now if that's you. Give them this card or, or fill out their name on this card and place it in the cross right at the back. And then give them this card and invite them. We're having some painting done at our house. They say 80% of people will come to an Easter service if you invite them. We have, we're having some painting done at our house. The painter came in. I said, how you doing? And he just started start telling me, man, my life is messed up. My wife and I have split up. I'm getting an apartment, trying to get things together with my daughter. I said, I'll tell you what, man. I said, I pastor Calvary up there in Norman Beach. I said, bring your little girl to the Easter egg hunt, and I'll make sure that she is already registered. We'll have a place for you there. And I said, and if you'll come to church Sunday, I'll save you a place on Easter Sunday. It'll be great, man. It'll be something special. He said, you know what? He said, that sounds good, Rev. I think I'll come there. Did it cost me anything? One invite. You watch him. He's going to get saved in the name of Jesus. Wave at me if you'll help me. Wave at me if you'll leave a card, if you'll invite somebody. Now with heads bowed and eyes closed and no one looking around, if you're in this room and you're not where you need to be with the Lord, there's things in your life that alienate you and separate you from God. And you'd say, Pastor, I'm not where I need to be with Jesus. And 
when you pray, Pastor Riley, I want you to pray for me because I got some things in my life that ought not be there. I needed that word that you talked about today. You've been a voice in my life. I need to get things right between me and God. If that's you and I count to three, raise your hands. Are you ready? Pray for me, Pastor. One, two, three. Slip that hand up all across the room. Just pray for me, Pastor. Not where I need to be. Remember me, Pastor. Hold that hand up. Hold it up right now. Hold it up right now. I want everybody in the room to take your hand and place it over your heart right now. And I want you to pray this prayer after me loud and strong. Pray, Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, please forgive me for all my sins. Take my heart. Wash it clean in your precious blood. I receive you now as my Lord and Savior. Help me to be a voice and not an echo in Jesus' name. Now slip up your hands right now. Father, I just declare the anointing of the Holy Spirit over each and every person in this room that they would become a voice even in the wilderness, God, that their children and their grandchildren and their friends and their neighbors and, their, and the people they're close to on their college campuses and their workplaces will see them and hear them as a voice in Jesus' name. Now reach over and touch your neighbor's shoulder. Reach over and touch your neighbor's shoulder. We're going to close with, uh, with Pastor Troy, and we're going to pray with you. If you're visiting, I want you to stop by and see me. But I want everybody that doesn't have cards, stop by in the back, and let's make it the greatest Sunday ever. Somebody just shout one time if you love the Lord. Come on, give him praise. Hallelujah. All right, touch that neighbor's shoulder. God All right, bless we're going to pray with you in a second, but we want to remind you yet again, we need your help. We're going to do this together, guys. If you go out the front doors, on either side, there's packets there. Grab a few of them. Okay? Be a part. Invite somebody. You never know when you invite them what's going to happen. Their life, not only, I always tell people, it's not only their life. It could be their family's life and for generations. One invite could be that. Right? So be a part. We also ask you to do this. When you get the packets, you'll also see some social media. Most of us have Facebooks and Instagrams and things like that. We give you material on our website that you can share. You, just, you never dream of what it could do when you start sharing things. What happens is it starts building and building and building. Your friends and their friends and their friends and their friends like that. And it just reaches thousands and thousands of people when we do that kind of thing together. Invite them to the Easter egg hunt. You know, you got to think about it on Easter. A person that wouldn't go to church all year long would come on Easter. And even at that, if they have children, and you say it in front of those children especially, you know, we have an Easter egg hunt. A helicopter's coming. Whoa, Dad, I'm coming. Dad, you got to take me. Dad, you got to take me. They'll be saying that to their crazy. They'll come, right? Because they care about their children. So many different things like that that we can do to be a part. And things like that can change lives. That's why we do it. People say, why do you do an Easter egg hunt? To change lives. Whatever we have to do to change lives, that's what we're going to do. So we're going to do that together. And I want to remind you before I pray, those of you that are our guests, Pastor Ellie is right out that door and to the left. We have a room there, our guest information room. He would love to talk to you and pray for you. Amen. So let's pray together. Father, we love you. God, we thank you so much, Lord Jesus, for allowing us to be a part of something so great. God, we are blessed and honored to be able to go to a church. Lord, that we can be proud to invite people to. God, that we know when they come on Easter, an altar call is going to be given. God, that we know they're going to have an opportunity, God, to be able to give their life to you. 
God, we have family members, God, that we've been praying for. They won't listen to us. But, God, they'll listen to another guy. And maybe a pastor can get across. So, Lord, I pray right now, God, that you would begin to prep people's heart. Even now, for Easter Sunday, when their life can be changed forever. Thank you for allowing us to be a part. In Jesus' name, amen. Love you guys. See you on Wednesday night.